Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It is great to be back with you today, and as always, I'll have my right-hand man, really the star of our show. That's Mr. Joe Kaleo of UBS joining me in just a moment. We're going to be diving into another unique wealth management discussion here on the show today. we got a really good one that we're going to jump in today. It's really a big conversation that Joe has with a lot of business owner clients that are looking to that next chapter in life. So to set things up for you today. You know, if you are a business owner out there who decides to sell or transition the ownership of their business, do you know what your next move is going to be? Well, for some entrepreneurs, they want to stay a part of the business world, right? It's what they know. It's what they've lived and breathed for so long and they know it so well. So the idea of becoming an independent consultant can be a new fun stage for them in their entrepreneurial lives. So on today's episode, what we're going to do today is we're going to be taking a look at some of the key issues that are involved when a business owner is interested in making this transition to become a consultant. A lot of good stuff to unpack today, but first let's get Joe out here. Joe, it's good to see you. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Ryan. Great to see you. Glad to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Always good when we get together, Joe. This is a good one. This is a really good topic that we've got today. We're talking about these entrepreneurs who, you know, after selling their companies, they're, they want to stay involved, they want to stay relevant, keep busy, and they feel that they still have some value to add, right? So would you say this is maybe a trend that you're starting to see among business owners these days? I, I do, Ryan. It is a possibility that more entrepreneurs than ever, or at least former entrepreneurs, are considering this. I mean, when you think about there are roughly 2.3 million small businesses in the U.S., and while many of them sell or eventually sell, that doesn't mean they're ready to disengage fully from the work world. They want to ease into it, and it's where they've spent so much of their lives. And so, you know, entrepreneurs are often driven, passionate people. Many want to keep active in some way, and they want to have an impact. And so if they're going to do that, more and more are thinking, what's the next step? It's important to stay active and they want to do it and, and have a lengthy retirement, but don't want to just go cold turkey. So there are lots of forces in play here that make consulting an interesting option for some. Sure, sure. So in terms of those forces, Joe, let's look at the motivators then on the positive side. What would you say then that retired business owners see as beneficial or attractive when they're looking at the idea of becoming a consultant? Yeah, I think for a lot of them, they're hard. it's hard to just turn off mentally, right? They want to stay engaged after selling a business. And so much has been written about how retirees who stay physically active and mentally active in meaningful ways are happier and better to stave off cognitive decline. So what's more, rising life expectancies mean that you've got a long time. I mean, you could possibly live a third of your life in retirement. And people just don't want to go home, sit in front of the TV for 30 years, right? What's exciting about that? So putting your lifetime's worth of skills and insights to work or advising other entrepreneurs can be potentially both invigorating and helpful at the same time. It's a way I've seen for them to give back. And many former owners who had coaches and consultants and mentors are now getting the chance to do the same. And so I think that's why this has come about so much here recently. Yeah, I love that. And Joe, I also want to touch back on a point that you meant earlier, that idea of, of just going cold turkey immediately from being a business owner, selling, and then nothing, right? So do you think in your eyes that this, you know, taking on a position as a consultant is, is in fact a way to kind of smooth out that transition and not have that cold turkey experience? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's not uncommon for former entrepreneurs to not really know what to do in retirement. They often don't think about the other side of that fence for them and what's going to make them happy and satisfied. They've just spent so much of their lives doing one thing. And when it's gone, it can be very dispiriting. And so I often start talking to business owners before they sell, what are you going to do on the other side? And oftentimes they're like, I don't know. I have no idea. And then we start talking about consulting. If they're not staying on with the company they sold, we then start talking about consulting and charity work, which is a whole nother topic. But just because you don't own your business anymore doesn't mean you've lost your entrepreneurial spirit. If so, if they don't want to start up from scratch, that need to build and create is often a key trait of who they are. So consulting can then allow you to help others build something of value, further the promise of entrepreneurship, but it's without the burden of being responsible for calling the shots. And for somebody who might be in their 60s and doesn't want the new burden of growth, they can still have that fulfillment of entrepreneurship. Sounds a little liberating too, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> uh, it does. Well, Joe, uh, I, I want to talk about the opportunities now specifically. Uh, what would you say are some of those opportunities that you know soon to be retired or retired individuals and entrepreneurs should be considering or just at least made aware of? Yeah, Ryan, we, we talk about entrepreneurship, but really it could also be people in uh, areas of leadership within businesses. And, and let's get to that, right? There's no shortage of businesses. There's no shortage of leadership, large and small. So it's that guidance that we're talking about, right? Isn't it? Obviously, there's different industries that may have a need for certain types of consultants. Overall opportunities tend to be abound, especially within the many challenges, challenges of businesses today. So they've got to address different things. So let's talk about what are some of those options? Let's talk about sales. You might have developed the firm's sales process, or you might have been a sales leader and you're going to retire, but the sales teams and other businesses or other industries may need help with sales. So you can help identify a way to increase sales and train sales reps. How about strategy? You help optimize a company's vision and direction and work with, work with executive clients to develop business plans. Operations. You might be involved in identifying improvements to a company's operational efficiencies, as well as effectiveness. Marketing, help develop promotional strategies to increase brand awareness. The list goes on, right? You could include accounting to help assess a firm's financial strategies, make sure they're sound and proper, or assessing and improving a firm's use of technologies for operations. So you can see there's lots of things that can go on here that even if you're not a CEO, but you're within leadership of a company, consulting can be part of that for you as well. I love this, Joe. And, and let's talk about that transition more specifically now for these entrepreneurs that like you say, it might even be in high demand based on the experiences that they bring and the value of their consulting skills. I would imagine a plan should still be in place. So what would you say surrounding this idea of how, should entrepreneurs really be having a transition plan to become a consultant in order to achieve success even in that field? Ryan, as you've heard, I'm sure or many people have heard, failing to plan is planning to fail. So before you start to go out on this venture, let's get your plan together. And some of the things that you want to think through, for example, some key issues identify your specific value to others. 
That way, you know what it is that you can bring and whether you can be helpful or not. Even if you were the world's best business owner, chances are there are a handful of things you did exceptionally well that drove your success. Let's hone in on those skills, right? Those are the things you want to promote and, and promote right out front. Be the ones that you market and you offer to other businesses. However, don't overlook the fun aspect and you want to be enjoying the consulting work that you're doing. Of course, you do have to assess the demand of what you're going to offer. Businesses want and need the type of expertise that you can offer, I assume. But let's check that. Chances are the answer is likely to be yes. But you need to look at the types of companies that need your particular type of consulting and the geographic location. Do you want to travel or do you want to stay close to home? If you want to stay close to home, are there many companies near you in either different industries or the same industry that need the type of, of guidance and consultancy that you offer? So you need to do a little homework in that as well. Of course, of course. And, and I want to pivot now back to the business owners themselves as, as individuals. Joe, you and I have had conversations offline about these different types of business owners. I know you kind of have three buckets or categories for these types of business owners. And, and I know that they all will approach this idea of consultancy as a, a little differently. So what are these three types of business owners that we've chatted about? And then talk to me about how this might relate to this world of becoming a consultant. Yeah, I think, Ryan, as a business owner, you need to see if you're one of three types. And even in certain moments, you can go from one to another, right? There's the assertive, there is the analyst, and there is the accommodator, right? And you are also then going to talk to one of the three, and they could also pivot in that conversation as well. The assertive is focused, has goals, driven, but is often going to talk that way as well, right? Not hesitant about a lot of the things that they're going to do. But if you're then consulting with an assertive business owner, are they just asking so you would reaffirm their goals and their mission? Or are they truly open to what you're going to consult with? And two, something to keep in mind. The analyst is often going to ask a lot of questions to test that level of competency of what you offer. But they're often telling you something, too, in the questions they ask. And so when you're dealing with an analyst, be prepared for lots of questions because they want to understand possibly how the watch works. And so that's something you've got to be mindful of when you're going out and promoting to the business owner, your new potential client, how do they absorb information? Finally, the accommodator. They're often saying, yes, I need help, and I'm going to take almost everything you tell me. I'm going to ask questions to understand how I need to implement, right? Somebody that either the business is really broken or the business is really struggling in one area, and they really need help, and they understand it, and they're going to surrender to your level of expertise. That, uh, that kind of business owner is important to then say, Right here's let's lay out that roadmap and let's discuss how we can implement these strategies. So those are often three of the most common types of business owners we've seen and how we help. No, this is really good stuff, Joe. So you know the type of business owner you are. You know the value you can provide. You know you have a plan in place. But the the last and I feel like almost the hardest part of this whole equation is getting the gigs themselves. Right. So, Joe, do you have any advice today for those individuals out there? in terms of making those important connections and actually landing the consultancy gigs? Yeah, you want to hopefully know who you're talking to of the three, right, to begin with, and then you can begin to craft the message on how to get to them. 
Another business truism, though, is to grab the low-hanging fruit, right? What's out there that you can get on right away? Your entrepreneurial experience likely means you have an extensive list of business contacts that you can reach out to right from the start. So don't ignore that group. You might offer some services directly to them or seek referrals through them. Either way, existing trusted relationships can help you build the foundation of your new venture. That said, there are other resources that can help you thrive as an independent consultant. Let's say you do have a strength in marketing, but not sales, and somebody else has a strength in sales and not marketing. Let's be on each other's speed dial list and know how to then market each other in a time when you can't help. One way is to stay sharp and up-to-date on consulting strategies, right? High-performance mastermind groups. So it's another way of current and former CEOs and entrepreneurs, and they'll meet to address specific issues that they face in their businesses. So there's a couple of ways you can go about this within close contacts of people you already know. Good stuff here, Joe. Uh, we talk a lot about the, you know, the different strategy solutions, the positives on this show and things people should be considering with whatever topic we're discussing. But equally as important, it's always good to look at the mistakes or the the things that go overlooked in some of these topics. So let's pivot over that way now. What pitfalls, what risks do you see an ex-business owner uh, making or what should they be aware of in terms of the mistakes if they're looking into becoming a consultant? Ryan, one of the things that uh, an entrepreneur often doesn't like to talk about is retirement because they don't want to just go cold turkey like we talked about earlier. But one of the things we do try to get them to do is envision their retirement. What does that look like? Is it going cold turkey or is it easing into it? One of the reasons why we do that is because they've not spent that time often thinking that far in advance for a life change. We do that as well because the post-sale con uh, consulting career isn't a cakewalk and it's not for everybody. Now, accomplished entrepreneurs often have that ability to be visionary, but they may not have taken that visionary course. So now, if they take that course, they can begin to envision, is consulting the right move for me? It isn't for everybody, but it is for many. So there are plenty of ways to stay engaged and to give back. Maybe it's volunteering in the community. Maybe it's teaching at a college. Maybe it's a joining an existing company, either as an employee or as a partner. So once you begin to envision what that future looks like, you can begin to choose the path very, you know, in a very clear-eyed way. There are also, I want to mention, Ryan, before I forget, a couple of potential issues, right? One, when you're an entrepreneur, you have the final say, and the chances are you've gotten very used to that dynamic, right? As an independent consultant, you need to be prepared to have your ideas questioned like we talked about, tested and possibly rejected by somebody in the same position you were once in. If you happen to consult for the new owners of your business, this could create considerable tension. Just something to be mindful of. You may also be viewed as sus suspicious or with some suspicion. If somebody engaged you to assess and improve a business, you may be treated as an outsider by staff. They may not know your motives. They know, may not know why you're there, even by someone in management. So in that role, don't expect the people around you to always ask how your weekend was, if you would. And finally, you can also get overloaded quickly. So understand what that consultancy looked like if you go into that and don't overload yourself. 
successful business owners are often offering services, say, that are very much in demand, which then means you can get loaded up quickly too. And oftentimes people are doing this to ease into a retirement or a slower lifestyle. They don't want to overdo it and they could. So they might want to be mindful of that. Yeah, three big points there to be mindful of. Thank you, Joe. And and Joe, as we're kind of bringing today's conversation to a head, lot to consider for somebody in that business owner's shoe, maybe looking to transition out, but still keep that entrepreneurial spirit alive and keep their foot in the door into the business world by being a consultant. Joe, any other advice uh, to kind of bottom line it for our audience today? Any smart things they should be paying attention to or just, uh, you know, maybe something that they don't even fully appreciate in these moments. And any final thoughts for us? Yeah, we've talked, Ryan, a lot about being a consultant, right? You don't have to truly be a consultant. A consultant is often longer term with firm recommendations. You may just want to be a coach. It may take on a whole new strategy or a whole different approach for you, right? But keep in mind what it is that you want to do, how you want to define your offering, and be as specific in your own mind at first, you may have two or three different types of delivery methods. Great. Just know what you want to accomplish. You might travel to your clients and offer on-site service. You may not. You may want to do everything over video, right? But whatever it is, know how you want to do it. Along those same lines, how much of the actual work do you want to do versus giving them guidance and letting them handle the implementation, so your approach depends on a number of factors and having as much of that figured out in your own mind and time for deliverables is important for you to do this in a very successful way. That's a really nice way to cap today's episode episode off, Joe. Uh, hey, Joe, for anybody out there in the audience, maybe they know somebody that's a business owner that's looking to make this step into the, the next chapter of their life, or maybe they themselves are in that next chapter and looking ahead to it. Joe, if anybody out there is interested in talking to you and your team further about this topic and this idea of becoming a consultant or or just life beyond their business, what would be the best way they could you know reach out, get in contact, and and open up a discussion? Yeah, give us a call, send us an email. We'll happy to, happy to engage them either on the advising and consulting side or hook them up with other consultants, just like we talked about, because we know folks that are doing this today and they just may want to pick a brain or two along the way. Love it, Joe. Hey, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day. Uh, you know, I know you're a busy guy, a lot of clients, but a lot of value out there in, uh, you know, in today's episode for our audience. So appreciate you. And I'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Ryan. Great to see you. Alrighty, Joe. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, and thank you guys, our audience, for stopping by and being with us on the show today. If you did take anything away from today's discussion, as always, we will ask you, go ahead and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on. That way you never miss out on a future episode where Joe and I unpack a, a different wealth management topic. And we're trying to provide value in these episodes, and we'd love to have you along for the ride. So for Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to stay so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us here on Your Money with Pepper Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. 
Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.